With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 608. My name is Eric Nelson, and I have no co-host today. Because again, yeah. you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. Oh, no. This is podcast number 608. My name is Eric Nelson, and I have no co-host today. Because again, yeah. you are listening to the VMware Communities Why Roundtable Podcast. I hearing podcast. myself? We've this got a loop. 608. My name is Derek Nelson, and I have no co-host today because, again, yeah. you're listening to the VMware Communities Why Roundtable podcast. Why am I hearing myself? We've got a loop. 608. My name is Derek Nelson, and I have no co-host today because, again, yeah. you're listening to the VMware Communities Why Roundtable podcast. Why am I hearing podcast. myself? We've Julia, are you hearing this loop? My name is Derek Nelson, and I have no yes, co-host I hear that. today because, again, yeah. you're listening you to the VMware yes. Julia, are you hearing this loop? My name is Derek Nelson, I have Yes, I hear that. I found it. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. We had an audio loop going. Yes, we are 608 podcasts today alone. So welcome to the show. Today, again, is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. And again, I don't have a guest because Matt Longus is on the road meeting customers. And Cora Romero is somewhere still down in, uh, I forget which city's in, riding his motorcycle. He'll be back next week off vacation. Uh, and I'm going camping this summer, so I'm uh, very happy next week, this weekend. We're going to go look at the stars universe, and uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, so today on the show, we're going to be talking to Luciano Patro, uh, and I know that's wrong, so he'll tell me how to say it. Uh, he is a solution architect uh, and lead consulting with Infosys. He's on a big Infosys project, and we're here today on the show to talk about vSphere uh, and all things cool about vSphere. And but before we do that, and we'll talk a little bit about Broadcom and vSphere and where we think it's going to go. I'll give you some insight to that, and I'm just happy to have Lucio on on the show. But before we do that, let's just hit the news for a second. So VMware Explore, again, August 29th through September 1st, uh, Europe, no November 7th through the 10th. Uh, registration is open. Uh, content calendar opens June 28th. So it's coming up. We've been getting all the sessions in. Schedule Builder is July 19th. And I can say that uh, people are registering. I know we have over a thousand plus people registered for the show uh, already, and we're you know on track for the, the the growth, the targets that we should see for the for the show. I think they're targeting uh, twelve thousand people at the U.S. show, and I don't know what the Europe show targets are. Uh, and I know that uh, we're registering, so go register if you're going to come to the U.S. or Europe. Uh, and the uh, content calendars out. For session speakers, I know session speakers have been notified, uh, or at least some have. They're doing it kind of slow rolling out, so you haven't gotten notified yet. 
doesn't mean that you might not get notified. So it's it's not complete yet. Uh, I think sometime next week they should have all the session notifications out. The Brown Bag has registered. I think they've got 40 sessions. Uh, I did get to view the booth. Um, for the community booth at US. It looks great, two big theaters, nice entryway. I think four or five blogger tables, so nice blogger table. And I know that uh, Josh Millenthal on our team will be there and we're going to have a sticker wall. So if you're a blogger and you've got some branded stickers, we're gonna be running, I think on the first, the Monday before the uh, event opens on Tuesday, but the hang space and community areas will be open and the hands-on labs will be open on that Monday. We're gonna have a sticker board where you can come put your stickers and people can exchange stickers and come engage uh, with everybody in the community booth, the blogger tables on that Monday. We might do a blogger meetup on that Monday and do kind of a st sticker exchange. So if you've never used Sticker Mule, uh, you can go to Sticker Mule and get stickers for like you know 50 cents a sticker, whatever, go get your brand out there. We're gonna have a sticker exchange and it should be fun. So uh, looking forward to that. We have code sessions. We are doing a couple code labs. Uh, they will be based on uh, Nooks. So we're going to have a, uh, a VMware code build your own Nook or set up your Nook and get it installed for your home lab at home. Uh, and we'll be installing um, uh, Nutanix, not Nutanix, uh, Kubernetes, Tanzu on the Nook. So uh, it'll be running and you can, we'll have then a Tanzu lab as well. So, and then we will have some sensors there so that you can do some sensor pro programming. It's not going to be on a, a Raspberry Pis this year. Raspberry Pis are actually expensive. You can't get a hold of them because of the, uh, pandemic. Uh, they're not building enough of them. And if you want to get a Raspberry Pi 4, it costs like $150. You can actually get a Nook for about $150 with no memory, no storage. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be having Intel Nooks there because Tanzu runs on Intel. So we're going to be doing those labs there. But we do have some devices that allow you to write code for sensors. So we will have some sensors there and we'll have some fun with sensor labs. So that's what's happening with code. Corey will be there. I think the experts are going to have a gift bag this year. So if you're going to be there, go register for the uh, on the vexpert.vmware.com app. They released a new feature that allows you to uh, indicate what events you're going to be going to. If you're going to be going to VMworld or what I, I guess we should call it VMware Explore, if you're going to be going to VMware Explore, go let Corey know by signing up on the VExpert app, letting him know, because as we're building the the bags this year, the giveaway bags, uh, if you haven't signed up for the event, you will not be qualified for a gift bag. So make sure you go do that. So Corey knows you're going to be there so we can schedule and allocate the correct budget for things and build the right number of bags, et cetera. So let's see. Alistair Cook, like, as I said, has all the V Brown bag sessions, I guess, 40 sessions there. That should be good. And I think that is what I know uh, from VMware Explorer. Other than I will say people are working really hard inside of VMware uh, for uh, to get ready for Explore. So they are putting a lot of energy in it and they're actually spending more money this year than normal. So if you get a chance to go, it's not gonna be like a pared down uh, event. It, they're investing all over the place. And because one, it's, it's VMware Explore this year. Uh, and then two, 
The Broadcom deal, uh, we don't have announce, we don't have to announce quarterly earnings. So we're under a little less stress to show, you know, profit and loss on every element that we do. So I think they're going to take some dollars and invest in VMware Explorer. So if you're thinking about going and if you're wondering if it's going to be good or not, uh, we're all in. We're all going to be there. And the event team seems to be all in making it something interesting and special. So uh, I would uh, make an attempt to gum. If you can, might want to mask up. We'll probably do some masking. Hard to know where we are in the pandemic in August. But I know that it is possible to fly and uh, move, move around a bit. And with that, I think that's uh, it for the news. So I'd like to introduce our guest now, Luciano Petro. Petro. Uh, all right, Solution Architect, Lee Consultant for uh, Infosys. Uh, Luciano, thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking to us about vSphere. We always we always start with like, who are you? How long you've been working in IT? What's your career arc look like? How did you get where you are today? Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you for having me. Um, well, for IT, I worked like 20 years plus in IT. I worked with the VMware since... Uh, 2005, six, maybe. Sure. Um, Would that be vSphere 3? No, 2.5. 2.5. Uh, that was my first one. And also, I remember that I used uh, Microsoft Exchange cluster on that 2.5. That was a struggle to put that stuff working because the share storage was back then was not what it is today. Right. So was some issues. So I remember that. So I started in that it's 2005, 2006. Uh, before that, I was a Microsoft guy. And then so, uh, around 2007, I just started doing uh, less VMware only, so until today. So um, I've been uh, here in Germany for 10 years. I arrived here to work for Ericsson as a tech lead for um, virtualization storage and backups. I switched company a couple of months ago. Infosys for a solution architect, and I'm working on a big project so that the migration um, from 200 is something data centers to 22. So, and the uh, data centers, the new data centers will use VCF, vCloud Foundation, just to make sure that. So, so now we are building the plans to migrate all the, the, the application, etc. So, besides that, I'm a blogger since. Uh, I think 2008, nine. I started blogging when I did a big project in Paris for P2V. It was my first one and my biggest one. And we built a huge P2V uh, plan. And I learned on that. I built the plan for the P2V. I did some scripting and that was my first time I did it. I did that. And then uh, I thought, well, I need to share this with someone. So um, that's what I created a blog spot back then. And I create uh, my first blog post about how to P2V from Windows to uh, the virtualization from to VMware. So that was my first one. And I then switched to a, to my own domain in 2016 to Pro Virtual Zone. That's my blog. So that's uh, what I'm doing now. So, so I, mostly I write about VMware. That's my most uh, um, blogs, and but also from backups and storage. That's what I, I blog about. So a couple things there just to call out provirtualzone.com. 
P-R-O-V-I-R-T-U-A-L-Z-O-N-E.com. So go check that out. And I know that one of your blogs actually trended. So we picked it up uh, and watched watched the blog, which was just, I think, a blog article you did where you were having trouble installing things and making it work uh, on Virtual Center, some some issue there. Uh, but not, not, not really a relevant blog here. We want to talk about vSphere and your experiences with vSphere. Mm -hmm. But another thing I want to say is like, so I know before we started this, we were talking about uh, where you came before you came from Germany, which I think was Portugal, right? So yeah, good, yeah Portuguese, yes. Good friend of mine, uh, Paul Perico, uh, lived and still works for in the IT organization in uh, in Portugal somewhere. I have lost touch with him, but uh, if you're listening, Paul, hey, how's it going? Um, and then Brazilian, very similar to Spanish, but uh, Brazilian came up. Yeah. Uh, I have heard coming to Germany that it is super hard to learn the German language, and then in order to become, I, I don't speak German anyway. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm a working in an English environment, so German is not needed. Okay, so uh, another, some words, but not yeah, nothing. Another friend of mine moved into Germany in order to stay in Germany and get his green card. They have a pretty. They require you to learn German now. So he's yep, he's com correct. complaining that he can't pass the German tests, right? To get to, yeah. to get to get yeah. into, to stay and work there. He's on a contract as well. So it's interesting. Uh, anyway. And then my last story about Germany is my grandfather uh, is Danish Nielsen, but uh, he lived on an Island called Bornholm and Bornholm is halfway in the, in one of the straits between Denmark and Germany. And like half yeah, the time, yeah. yeah, half the time the Germans would own that Island. The other half, the, so anyway, good, to, good, to, good, nice here. You're in the summertime. Good to see you. Looks bright. It's not dark yet. No. So thanks for joining us nope. so late in the afternoon. Let's talk about vSphere uh, and um, kind of some. We talked about maybe talking about a little bit of non-supported uh, CPUs in vSphere mm -hmm. Seven um, and and what you've experienced there and uh, what have you had to do in order to run vSphere Seven on non-supported uh, CPUs. What's your story there? Well, I I first I need to start to saying that that should that's a solution that should not be done in production. That's my view. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because that's uh, not supported uh, um, CPU that, and uh, if you have issues, in, it will be more difficult to open a ticket in memory and have some proper support. That's that being said, uh, I've used, I've done this a lot of, lot of times, even in, I was in a previous company, we had a department or R&D. So most of the hardware was uh, legacy. So. We use a lot of uh, um, DLG8 and G7. Uh, so, uh, and then when it was 6 for 6.5, was okay, but then we switched to CCS7. And then we had some problems to install uh, um, it because it will not accept the, the CPU. So, there is some technical that we do because on the boot, we can just uh, write the, a flag saying that allow CPU uh, legacy. So that is the one of the way. Well, is the only way to, to put this here to work. But that is just one thing because if you even if you put that, if you are upgrading, that's different. If you are installing from scratch, then maybe uh, that's what we need to do. But you cannot use uh, the customized ISO from the vendor. In this case, 
uh, HPE or, or Dell or whatever, because they have these special drivers that do not work on your uh, old hardware. So for that, you need to use the standard uh, uh, ISO from VMware itself. So with that one, it's possible to install uh, on a from a scratch, like I said. But if you are using, if you are upgrading, then you will get some some problems because you have old drivers where some beeps that will not will not switch from the previous version to the new one, and then you will complain about a lot of stuff that you need to be removed before you install it. So that's why for that I build um, a customized ISO. So like I just remove some of some of the drivers, add some drivers to the ISO, and then. And then I implemented it, and it's possible to do that. I've done that for G7, G8, and some DLs, 100 something very old CPU. Was just to try to if it works, and it works. So uh, honestly, I only use it that on uh, on the HPE. Never use it because most of our hardware was 90% uh, was HPE. So I need to use it on Dell, but it's the same. So the, the only Thing that we need to think about is the CPU. If the CPU is not supported, then we need to see which was the ISO we need to use for the VCR uh, um, seven for for this for this uh, hardware. Just to make sure, uh, another point here. So there was some talks that uh, we need to every time you um, you add the fact allow a CPU legacy on the boot that you need to do that every time. That that's not true because I read some. Uh, on the community, some people complaining about that now, uh, because they said uh, after only update one it was possible, but then I went to just test this. I test with zero, to just a normal seven zero, seven one two. I test with all, and nothing is uh, is needed. So you just need to do that, and the maximum you can do is on the boot. Just save a boot after you uh, install it. The first time you install it. Just uh, do a backup of your boot. That's uh, the backup script, uh, uh, and that's it. You reboot it, and that's it. You are, you are using. But like I said, if you are using this for testing and then an R and D, whatever is not very important to systems. Yeah, it's okay to use it. If not, my recommendation you should not. But I know there's some companies don't have a lot of money for budget for for uh, for changing the hardware, so this is, will be difficult for them. Yes, you can use it. Then it works. But uh, it depends. So of course, everyone knows right. that not supported hardware is not supported hardware. Right. So, yeah, it, we're always wondering what to do with these extra machines when we do upgrade, right? right. And you do get hardware, and it's nice yeah. to be able to get some of the hardware and put vSphere on it, right? Take it home, whatever, and yeah. uh, and and, yeah. and make that work. There's there's use cases that you just want to have some extra gear around uh, with some extra VMs running. That I, I I get that. So use case there. When you say make uh, ISO, you're talking about making the vSphere ISO a custom vSphere yeah. ISO. Yeah, uh, the custom. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. To change, add add drivers, remove drivers because. But only you can you should only do this if you the first try you you try is it complains about the drivers that is are inside of the uh, the standard let's say the standard VCA ISO so if the the, the upgrades complains about that you need to remove some of the some of the drivers or replace by other ones older so that they need to so not be able to work with your uh, um, your old hardware but like I said I only see this when upgrading. 
when installing from scratch, uh, honestly, I've done a lot of them, and then I never seen this. Only when I upgrade from 6.7 to 7. Uh, my own oh, my home lab is uh, G7 and G8. That's my own lab. So I have a lot of, um, I have around four uh, servers with, with this uh, old okay. hardware, and it works properly. And I have a lot of all of my nested labs are inside. Until today, I don't have any complaints about that. So. Where are you setting legacy mode? Is that in the boot prom? Uh, yeah, yes. When you when you when you set it, you need to press E. I think I, if I remember the the, the 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 shift E, I think I'm not on the bus sure, but I think. And then uh, you write it on the on the shell, on the command line. You write that allow uh, uh, CPU legacy. Then just press enter, and then the installation uh, will accept your CPU. If oh, not, interesting. You have a, right. you have a warning saying that the CPU is not. Uh, is yeah, not you supposed. just you boot up the ISO, you get a shell, and then you go in and set legacy mode on vSphere. So you're booting yeah, the ISO. Yeah. Okay, got it. Because you you need to, uh, like I said, you need to uh, start the options, the boot options. That's uh, when you 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 boot uh, your ISO. Right. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And so, uh, and then th th that works, and so far that's worked. And then you've only seen these problems on on upgrade where the device drivers, you know, you need to actually yeah, yeah, on the recovery contagion. I, 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 like I said, uh, when we have this R and D uh, teams and labs, we have clusters with like eighteen servers of this, with G eight, and all were working with uh, vSAN also. So, like I said, it works, but this was. A test environment, like so we were R and D, just for development, and then some testing. So, but if companies yeah. need to uh, use your old R, yeah, can be done. It could work. Yeah, yeah. So, so good, good thing yeah. to know. Good thing, good thing to pay attention to. I know a lot of people are still sitting at six or six on five, and so when you yeah, get yeah. to seven, you're going to have to understand this and know know what's happening, right? Uh, when you say a G seven, what are you referring to? Well, DL, uh, HP, DLs, G360, G7, and okay. DL. Yeah, all right. Yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just trying to follow along. G7, G8, yeah, so, yeah. 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 So uh, another another issue we could have, but that could maybe goes to a second discussion we can have, is regarding using uh, um, USB keys or uh, SD cards, because a lot of this old stuff, Still use the SD cards to install the the vSphere. So if you yeah. have that and you are going to upgrade, then you have the new rule that you should not. It can work again; it works, but you should starting thinking to uh, migrate your um, SD cards to a uh, uh, persistent storage. So like yeah, an uh, SD drive or something. Yeah, yeah. SD drive, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. But yeah. that because that's the partitions so they are completely different. So, because we had this huge bug on two point eight, I think. So that was why did, did you hear why they stopped supporting SD cards as bootable devices? Because of the new partition. Uh, because before the, now the the, the the architecture of the partition is a little bit different. So the locker the the Boot bank and also logs were different and now are set in one partition called EA OS data. So okay. that OS data is a lot of IO read and write. Right. So when you have an SD card or a USB card, 
and you are using this type of device, then you get you get problems because it's a lot of writing, a lot of lot of reading, and particularly a lot of writing. And as long as so, the option that's recommendation by Ramware. If you continue to use or you want to use SD card or USB key, uh, then you need to move this US the uh, US data partition to a persistent storage. So because uh, it needs a big space also, uh, and that if you remove that by by moving all your locker and all boot, boot bank everything from from the um, from the USB key to a persistent storage, then you can use it without big problems. So I think that could work. That's what I done because again, it's a lot of money for companies today to change. I give an example from uh, what I my previous company, 100 servers, and then now you need all of them who are using USB uh, SD card, sorry, and now we need to switch everything to uh, SSDs or whatever they need to use a persistent storage. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for many companies. So you cannot just change like this. So and in one two years when the companies start to to change the, the servers to new ones. Then the new one should already be ready with the persistent storage to install the, the vSphere 7. So, but now there's this option. So, uh, this is one of when there was this problem in 2A, uh, a vSphere 7 update 2A. Look of this when the, the SD card just stopped working. I wrote a, a blog about it. That's my number one blog in six months, and I have the blog for years. And not not any blog post has so many clicks. This one has sixty thousand. Wow. That's a big number for my for my for my blog just for one post with some months only, because that was a big issue. And then I found a workaround uh, that you were able to uh, get back the 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 ESXi online, and then you can reboot it, and then you fix the problem because that problem was just freeze the ESXi, and then you were not able to do anything. So. Even that uh, workaround was uh, supported. Let's say supported when the so when the customers open yeah, tickets in in in, in VMware, they all say, "Oh, there is a workaround." There's a Just workaround. Go, then, yeah, go read this yeah. blog. Sixty yeah, thousand yeah. views. Well, I, 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 uh, even a very funny story. Just a quick one. I had a problem sometime some years ago, and uh, there was a piece here with the with the database. I found a workaround, but I opened a ticket, and then it was not possible to to fix because it was a bug. They said that they will think, try to fix on the next on the next build. And then they were sent to this uh, to the engineer, and then they, we were waiting for the reply. And then the support sent me an email saying, "Oh, that, that, that this is the this blog post. There's a workaround. You can use it until we have this uh, this fix." I said, "Yeah, thank you, but that blog post was me that I wrote it." So. <laughs> so they sent me my own solution to me, but that's okay. right, right. <laughs> yeah. So let's just highlight the solution again because I know we talked and maybe some people that are listening missed it. So what is the steps you have to do in order to make a an SD card work in vSphere Seven? So we, uh, I have a script for to do this. So I I build a script that automatically go move every uh, locker, the locker. Uh, mm -hmm. And the logs, system logs, and, and the book bank, everything to the the partition you you will use for the this. So you need to move this system uh, uh, partition 
called uh, you can use locker as a file or as a um, as a storage so you can create a script and just move it from the from the SD card and then that's it basically right. it's not that's it. it's not so easy but just we're just saying that uh, there's a lot of steps that's why I have a, a script uh, I have in my blog also if you know, anyone wants to to take your, you can just take over and then copy and then use it. So because that will automatically go through all your uh, servers that you have inside of your cluster and see if there is uh, persistent uh, storage or not. If not, it will move uh, automatically all the uh, the partitions that needs to be running on the proper uh, persistent storage. Right. And it is interesting just to hear like one simple change, right? Like no longer supporting yeah, USB yeah. keys. You would think that's yeah. like something, okay, that's, but like literally guys have thousands of servers that are booting this way these days, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I know I have one, my home lab does that, right? I boot off an SD key and I'm still yeah, on mine's also 6.5, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so but uh, when this, but what this happened in production, that was a big problem. We are really used from yeah, because yeah, a lot yeah. of there was huge, huge, huge people were screaming, and because the problem was that that's why the the firmware says now needs to go this in the storage because well the, the initial the initial um, the initial uh, uh, option to go to this type of uh, storage and partition OS data because is because of the new uh, like Tanzu VSN all that set that's different. Uh, architecture that work differently so that's why now it's not possible to still use the not persistent uh, storage because the, the io will be more because we'll use if you're going to use the tensu vsun etc vsun also but uh, particularly tensu so that's why the uh, uh, have the decision to change the the way that partition was was rebuilt so and this please the, the problem is that this completely freeze the those just completely freeze you cannot do anything you cannot go to a command line and you go to command line and your command line is just stop so you can do a, a command line uh, just a comment and then it will just do like this so the the, the workaround is really really easy is it just I think it's just three or four uh, comments one is to stop the service second one is to um, do a rescan of the CSD uh of the sd device then it start the service and then you are able to just uh, do the reboot because if you do the reboot the problem is fixed because somehow is claim the cache or whatever is, is doing mm -hmm. and then uh, and then everything is, is working properly until it happened again so that's why this is something that is if you're not using uh persistent storage now and i'm pretty sure most of the companies that still have those servers even the new ones like a year or something still using um you should do this you should move all your uh, um station that you need to be made migrated to the position storage like like i said locker is one of the most important ones yeah. all right so one of the things we talked about a little bit before you started was uh, you're you're you are a lead consultant on a project with Infosys, Infosys, and I don't know how much you can tell, and if you can't say anything, that's fine. Uh, but they have like two hundred plus data centers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How, yeah. How much? Um, 
how much work are you guys all on vSphere 7? Have you, you know, where are you in the state of migration to vSphere 7? And then I'll, ask, I'll talk well, to you about Broadcom. Yeah, well, the, the regardless of what they have today, they can have, because most of the, the doesn't the, I will, what I know, because I don't, honestly, I don't know all the 200 something. Yeah, of course. Um, but the ones I know, like maybe 50% are not using VMware. They're just using different uh, uh, type of uh, uh, system operation. Yeah, sure. Now everything, yeah. The, 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 the main goal of this is not only uh, to reduce the number of, uh, of uh, data center, because there is too much, of course. Right. I think the, the number is 225. I'm not 100% sure of the number, but I think it's 125 to reduce to 22. So this is uh, some beta petabytes of, ter of uh, wow. data, and uh, and the application. That's the big issue here. That's the big problem here is the applications. Applications is uh, what the, this is where it's taking too long. It will take more more time because of the migration of the applications is something that takes time. And then um, most of the applications are. Mm, is migrated to VCF, the vCloud Foundation. So, and is using vCloud Foundation with OpenStack also. So that's uh, and then the two main the two main uh, um, data center, the, the number one second. So they are using as uh, uh, high availability. Both are using uh, VCF. So that's uh, the, the the main uh, data centers. The rest. Some more minors like locations, but the, the, the important ones are in Frankfurt. So that is the huge. Yeah, that's a huge, huge, huge. It's yeah. it's interesting because Project. it's like you know we got into this business doing P to V, right? Physical to virtual, and it's yeah. almost like now yeah, we're yeah. doing D to V, data center to complete virtualization to be able to then yeah. you know re, you yeah. know go to two to a uh, ten to one or whatever you said, like uh, twenty two yeah. from two hundred to twenty two. That's like almost yeah. the same twenty to one ratio that we used to get when yeah. we would do P to V. Right, so yep. you guys are trying to do that, but it's also like almost scaling to cloud-like, uh, where you yeah. Can... Also, there's an yeah. also sorry, I forget to mention there's an upper, upper scaler also that they're using AWS and Azure also. So some of the uh, VCF also is, is using on that right. uh, and on those. So not the most critical ones, but some of the applications also are using are moving to the cloud also. Right, but it also just like if you build the 22, they're going to be large, right? They're going to be scaled probably, right? Yeah. And you're treating yeah. it like it's your own private cloud, right? Where you're consolidating data centers, getting everything on uh, vCloud Foundation, and then and then you can augment that with uh, VMC and AWS or AWS services uh, along the way. Yeah. So you can yeah. see that, you know, the data center consolidation uh It'll be interesting to see. Does that get rid of admins? You know, like how many admins and IT professionals do you need to run twenty-two giant ones versus a bunch of other ones? It'll be interesting to see how that turns yeah. out. Even even the the, the the team itself for this migration is huge, right? The, because right. it's right. a huge project. Right. What does Infosys do? Well, it's a consulting company, basically. Okay, so, just running apps so, for people, running apps for 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 companies. Then yeah, I think is they they are um, I think number two in consulting. So they okay. have right one hundred sub one hundred thousand employees, and right. uh, so so what are, are the 
what are you hearing about the Broadcom deal? Because you, you're you're out in the field. Well, I, I, I wrote a, a couple of articles about it. I mm-hmm. didn't wrote on my on my uh, on my blog. I wrote one of those over. I wrote in LinkedIn. Uh, I have some doubts, honestly. Honestly, I, I, honestly, for me, I still don't understand this deal. Honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know. VMware perspective—that's my my view because I'm only seeing a VMware perspective. I don't see the the the, the gain on VMware on this. Maybe I'm not seeing everything, but that's me. I give you an example. Oracle now bought this uh, health, uh, this huge, also this huge um, uh, buyout, also. Yes, something it makes sense because Oracle wants yeah there's most of their customers are from health and they want to grow in that area, so that makes sense. But VMware on the, with Broadcom. Okay. I hope there's coming okay. some good good stuff here. I hope. Right. But. Uh, yeah, it could it could you know like this is off the record. Like I don't speak as a VMware employee when I talk about this and I certainly don't have any visibility internally to what's actually happening, right? Because I'm just a a director of social media and communities and I'm a community guy. So I don't get it that, but my take uh, one uh, at the first moment, I was like, okay, I can see there's an exciting part, which is if you listen to Raghu over the last quarter, he was saying that the edge cloud was going to be bigger than all the other clouds combined, that the next generation of computing is going to be done at the edge, right? And okay, you know, that's growing. And he said that VMware's edge business, uh, putting, putting you know, v, VCF on telephone poles, right? Like uh, yeah, for, for the telecoms is actually growing faster than ESX did when we originally did P to V, right? Like he's like, that is on fire. So if you look at Broadcom, who is delivering network technology to, you know, to telcos and to everybody else, right? Um, Then if you really believe that they wanted to capture that business, right? The infrastructure business in the, out on the edge of the cloud, then you could see where maybe they wanted to buy a purchase to just like we bought uh, NYSERA back when the days yeah, when we wanted sure. to get NSX, yeah. we bought it because we wanted to get into that space. Even though we do these other spaces, we wanted to own the SDDN, right? Uh, software yeah. by networking. And so we bought NYSERA with that intention, right? Um, they could have been, they could be buying VMware just for the intention of enabling virtualization out on the edge cloud, right? Um, as a technology, so that's one strategy. Well, like like I said, my, my previous company was Ericsson, so I know this part because I also was part involved in on the on the 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 teams that would certify uh, uh, Ericsson apps and application on on telco on VMware telco and VCF and etc. So I on that area I know a little bit. So. If you see that, I, honestly, I never, never thought about that, that perspective. Right. If we look at it, that perspective, because I know Teco is you is getting huge, five G, and then everything is on uh, with this RAM, uh, uh, on 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 uh, on VMware, on uh, VCF in uh, VCF Telco and TCA. Because TCA was a previous one, but uh, if you see that, yes, maybe it could be make sense. 
but like I said, I will wait for the future to see right. what so, they bring in. So. Right. So that's like that's a that's one option. I have like three scenarios. Right. Scenario one is they actually wanted it for to get into the edge infrastructure business, and they are in the infrastructure from a hardware perspective, and they do want to get into infrastructure software, and they have made it clear that they're going to rebrand their whole software stack. CA Unicenter, Broadcom, the. Uh, no, not Broadcom. Somebody else they bought. Uh, security guys. Um, they, anyway, they bought some time ago. Yeah, now? yeah, some time ago. They had they own. They CA. bought. Uh, they bought uh, Symantec. They bought. Yeah, Symantec, uh, not Broadcom. Symantec, yeah. right? So Symantec, yeah. CA Unicenter, and a handful of others. They're going to fold that under the VMware brand, right? Or there's going to be VMware from from Broadcom. That's going to be their whole software offering, right? That that's the the the, the thing that. I I noticed was positive that because they were not planning to change the name, so they were they are right. migrating to the to the VMware, not VMware will migrate to the Broadcom. Right. That is right. At least that is positive. Yeah. Right. Because right. So honestly, it will not make sense to change the VMware name anyway. Right. So they so so uh, that's scenario number two is that they actually just want to get a bigger presence in the software business, and they're you know buying VMware because of their great brands and they're, and they're going to make it their flagship software brand, which they've made it clear they are going to do that. Uh, and then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're kind of like, we want to focus on the data center. Like um, VMware kind of has been for the last couple of years, been trying to focus on too many things, right? Because they're trying to do the next act. Uh, they're, you know, they're trying, you know, we had, uh, what it was, uh, our little micro OS that I want is Photon. So we had Photon, yeah, we Photon, tried to get yeah. into uh, Docker and all the things that are there. Then we kind of acquired, uh, you know, uh, the Kubernetes consulting team uh, and then, you know, created Tanzu. And there's nothing wrong with Tanzu, but then we were trying to do it on its own. Then we embedded in vSphere. That makes a lot more sense. So we've been all over the map trying different things. And so I think that when you come back uh, to Broadcom, they're just like, why try all these other things? There's a great business in vSphere, right? There's a great business in vSphere on telcos. There's a great business on vSphere and clouds. Just refocus everything back to vSphere. And then guess what? We don't have to, you don't have to make quarterly numbers showing that you're growing at 25% a year. You just have to do a great job delivering vSphere to customers, right? So that's my scenario number two, is that they actually are, Michael Dell, just looked and said, why is VMware trying to be everything to everybody, right? Where are we going to try these new markets? And and we have like a CTO office that has 500 people dreaming up things that we're trying to do to try to, you know, make, do that next act and that next act. And I feel like we got kind of big with regards to- Yeah, there's a, a wide range of products. Right. Honestly, right. some of them should be, 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 be reduce it or yeah, at least yeah, sell it. Yeah, right, sell, yeah. right. So, yeah, that I agree. That I agree. Yeah. Right. So if Michael Dell looked at it, he said, okay, you know, there's great value here. And, you know, uh, Broadcom wants to pay us for that great value to the tune of, you know, $65 billion uh, because they know that if they focus on vSphere, they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to continue to grow it and they're going to rebrand all the other software, v, you know, VMware and that work for them. So that's scenario number two, which I think could happen. Scenario number one was just, they wanted to be in the edge business, right? And then scenario number three is, 
what everybody tends to want to jump on and get hysterical about, which is, oh, this is just where old software goes to die. Uh, they're, they're collecting. They're going to lay everybody else off and harvest the cash cow. They're going to triple the prices on vSphere. And they're going to... No, that, 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 that I don't think. That's, yeah, uh, right. So that's... I think that will, be, right. that will be a waste of money. That's right. my opinion. Right. So okay. I think... I think that's scenario number three that people are panicking about, especially internal to VMware employees and so forth. And some of the bloggers are just talking about, yeah, this is just the where old software goes to die. I don't believe, I don't think that's necessarily the case either, right? But that's the scenario number three, right? Um, I actually think it's probably a combination of one and two. I think they did want to go after the edge, right? So this was a thing. And then I think they also saw that there was some consolidation they could do for product lines and focus on vSphere and make it great. And that's what they do. And they'll sell that technology to the Fortune 1000 big giant customers that are using it. And uh, they'll make a, and then that's it. And they're going to re, they're going to own just like uh, 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 Dell owned VMware. And before Dell, it was a storage company. Um, EMC. EMC. So, yeah. and they all own VMware. VMware was independent. It was then that you know vSphere, ESX kept on chunking along, right? The community kept chunking well, along. But they were right? they were on the same business because it was storage. Right. VMware was just storage. Yeah, sure. Dell is, is service. So, yeah. The, the the problem here, if the the the, the, the deal was with Nvidia, that's something that uh, yeah. VMware has a lot of uh, work with the Nvidia to do it. Then I will say, yeah, it makes sense. Right. Because, yeah, right. Well, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a definitely a lot of alignment. It, like if Google bought us or even AWS bought us or any other company that we've done really a lot of work with bought us, it would make sense. I look at it and I go, well, okay. But if any of those other companies did buy us, right, they would get rid of half the people anyway, right? That, so, that, that, that's true because if you're talking about this year, then this year will be pointless. Right. Because... Uh, right. Because uh, right, they, they have their cloud. Right, they just they, just, be, uh, they would harvest like, our customers. Be a second hyper I don't right. think that. I, mean, right. I don't want that. Right, <laughs> I don't want right. that. So right. uh, because uh, so actually having an independent company that didn't have a big software arm that wasn't a big software footprint in the data center doesn't own big hyperscaler cloud. This is actually okay for VMware products because they don't have any of this and they need it, yep. and it's actually okay for some amount of VMware employees because they don't have a lot of this either, right? Like they're a hardware company primarily, right? And they had CA and uh, and the security company. Um, so I think it's, you know, yes, they have a reputation of being a very uh, physically responsible, physical responsible with dollars. You know, they don't spend a lot of money on stupid stuff. Uh, I also think that they will be a good, shepherd for the technology probably invest in the technology and continue yeah. it going offering data center companies you know solutions right which i so that's my take well, well i was i was reading that also they reduced they are indeed to six percent of the previous company they bought it and also that was reading the i think it was two months ago they launched um uh, some study that was doing that the goal for them is to point go for the biggest customers like the 600 biggest customers that's uh, it goes to what you said the 1500 that's going to those those kind of companies and they will be the biggest customer they want to have but my opinion they cannot just think about those and leave the base behind because in VMware 
base or do we, when you say base it's right. small companies and then people like me that like VMware work with VMware and a lot of uh, the expert and all those yeah. that this this community and does this what is VMware also um, will be pointless because only aiming for big and leave well, the I small behind. I can't tell you that they they did address our partner ecosystem and that they want to invest in our partner ecosystem so that they've never really had a strong partner ecosystem where VMware 80% of our business comes from the partner ecosystem. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. but what they, when they say they want to focus on the top 500, well, that's no different than we've always done at VMware, right? We've always focused on the top 1000 customers or 500 customers and the partner ecosystem focuses on all the everybody else. It doesn't mean that we're not yeah. doing features or that we're not, you know, building and that we don't want to okay. sell to them. It's just that we've yeah. always inside of corporate focused on the top 500, right? Uh, yeah. They're actually just saying it, which is fine. They they they, they said that, but that's yeah. the, the secret is that's the way it's always been at VMware. And then we have a partner ecosystem that that sells 80% of our, our software stacks. And that that's actually yeah. good. And they're not going to shut down the partner system. They're like, yeah, that's great. That doesn't cost us money that the partners spend money, do marketing, sales and consulting yeah. and SE. So I think that's actually, if you look at it, that's no not that much different. I think there will be consolidation at VMware because there are a lot of stuff that we goof around on inside of VMware that that they'll probably kind of look at and go, look, if this isn't a hardcore product thing, we don't really want to be doing it. Yes. Yeah. The, the, then we go to the to the next topic. If you want to do is like what the future is for VSphere. So, and that goes to the, your second point that you said about what they plan. You think that maybe they want to do it? If yes, if that's the what the 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 goal is, then the, maybe they are saving vSphere because if I you believe see they are. VSphere, yeah, if you see vSphere, what is what is doing like now is uh, Tanzu and everything right. and VCF and right. all that. All this the crazy so stuff. Yeah, right. VMware is, is is getting longer and this distance from vSphere. So maybe that yeah. if that second option is. is Real, what we're going to do? Yeah, and I hope so. I think so. I think and it's yeah. I, you know, I got with McNeely back in the days of Sun Microsystems and and Solaris, and I got with the executive team, and I said, you know, if you look at where you're investing right now, um, and you look at our sales of Spark servers at the time. 95% of all sales of Spark servers were compiled C applications, right? Every All yeah. the things, that Oracle database, uh, everything that we were selling machines for were compiled C applications, right? Do you know where all the money was being invested? In Java, right? And guess what? We, you know, like, we weren't selling machines. We were running Java. Yeah, there were some, but like Java was a fun toy, right? And it was good. And, you know, Oracle ended up getting Java. Mm -hmm. But in the end, if if they had focused their energy on their customer base using servers for heavy duty workloads that were compiled C apps, they would have been much better off, right? But they didn't and they, yeah. went, they went out of business. And I feel like this will be good for vSphere and ESX because... Uh, Broadcom gets that concept. Invest in money in things that are making you money. Don't invest in things that are speculative that maybe you'll make money five years from now because the industry's trending. They're just like, no, we don't need to do all that. Let those people go. We'll spend our time investing in the core business, what we make money on and what our customers actually really want to run their data center. So, you know, maybe I'm being 
super uh, optimistic. Uh, I think there are these three scenarios I laid out. There's the edge, there is the you know focus on vSphere, and then there is the, no, we're just gonna turn a cash cow, let everybody go, that's the third one. I don't think the third one's right. I don't think the, I think the second and first are a blend. And so I think we'll still be doing vSphere. Now, whether I'll have a job running podcasts and V experts and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to know where, they fall, where I yeah. fall in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, me and Corey have already talked. We'll keep it running e either way, right? Uh, because we believe there will be uh, a V-Expert community. There will still be... Still yeah, we'll still, yeah, right? yeah, it will be. So, so, so we, we might have to figure out... We will out, survive anyway. Right, we will survive. <laughs> we might still have to figure out how to get a paycheck from somewhere. Uh, but I'll still do the podcast. V-Experts uh, v will still be there. Corey will still run the V-Expert app and we'll we'll continue we'll continue make, moving forward yep. because uh, I don't see I don't see any of this going away. Anyway, we're at the top of the hour, Luciano. Nice to see yeah. you. Do you? I always end. Uh, do you have a Do you have a Twitter handle? I have my Twitter is Luciano underscore PT. I think Luciano okay. underscore PT. All right. Yeah, PT is Portugal. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Love it. Love uh, it. All right, and uh, and then so, because we live stream on B, B Barbecue, if you want to look at what Luciano looks like and his upstairs office, which I kind of am jealous because there's a couch and a TV in the background, pretty nice. You can go to and, uh, also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, youtube.com slash V Barbecue, B-B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, and uh, it is lunchtime here. So go check him out, uh, podcast number 608, and you can see what he looks like. And if you see him at VMware Explore Europe or US, you can say hi to him. Uh, yep. Final question: Do you guys do barbecue in Germany, or do you have? I know Portugal. Uh, I know Portugal <laughs> has some great barbecue, right? Like you can never go wrong with that. Okay, I can give you a, a really quick story. Okay, Just really quick. When I arrived in Germany, you know the Germans love uh, sausage and that those most uh, of it. So, sure. Uh, we in Portugal use it to some barbecues that we have all kind of meats of barbecue. So we like big, big. Stunks of, of meat too. Yeah, yeah, it's barbecue. crazy. You can buy these so all you can I, eat barbecue. Yeah, yeah. So I was my first invited to be in a barbecue in Germany. So I was like super excited, like, oh yeah, barbecue. So I went to the barbecue and when I started looking at the barbecue, like uh where is the meat? <laughs> because there was all have sausage? sausages. Skinny, yeah, yeah. big, yellow, red, yeah. all kind of sizes. So everyone like Okay. Yeah. But where is the real meat? Yeah. No, no, no meat. This is all we go like. Okay. I yeah. don't. I don't think everyone will do like this. But that was my first experience. That's hilarious. Barbecue in Germany. Yeah. Well, that and that's funny because then when you're barbecuing sausage, you really don't do much. You just cook it. All the all the work, all the special work is in creating the sausage like what do you put inside yeah. the sausage yeah, yeah, what yeah. what do you grind up you know in order to make that really really amazing sausage yeah. right so yeah but they, yeah. they like barbecue because they if you go to the supermarket they have this all this meats with all this special sauce they they yeah put, they do put it. on the grill yeah but uh, for us as portuguese we don't do that we just put some salt yeah good meat. Pepper, and that's it we don't it's do high this. quality beef or pork yeah and then we do don't do this special sauces and this kind of fancy stuff just salt and pepper, yeah. and that's it. That's it more than enough for a barbecue. That's awesome. For a great stick. All right, we're at the top of the hour. Luciano, thanks for coming on the show. Great Thank to you see you. Attic. Yep.
Everybody have a great time. We'll be back again next week as always, Wednesday, 12 to 1. If you want to say hello, uh, come join us on TalkShoe. Otherwise, we're on, obviously, uh, iTunes and on StreamYard. Thanks a lot, Luciano. Talk to you later. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.